When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Welcome into another Auburn Live show, auburnlive.com. If you're not a subscriber, please go subscribe. Uh, it's a really good time. You might not think like it, but it's a good time. Uh, there's going to be a lot going on. So hop on over there, whether it's recruiting, football, basketball, recruiting, basketball coming up. There's there's going to be a lot going on. So good time to hop on over to AuburnLive.com and subscribe. I am Justin Hokinson. With me, as always, after games is former Auburn quarterback Ben Leard on the Monday morning quarterback edition of the Auburn Live show after Auburn loses to Penn State 41 to 12. 29-point loss, worst non-conference home loss since 82, uh, and had a lot of people bringing up 2012, which if that comes up in your in your memory bank, like if you watch an Auburn game and you're like, golly, that felt like 2012, that is not good. That's no. a really bad thing. Um, ben, I mean, I'll just, I'll just give you the floor, man. Um, what the heck are your thoughts on that? Let me let me clear my throat and get ready. Um, man, that was uh, and I I don't want to be I don't want to attack the kids and I don't want to say things that are that are critical of them from a personal standpoint because I I don't think they deserve that. But that was one of the most horrendous performances that I think I have either watched by an Auburn football team or myself been involved in. And it really reminded me even beyond the 2012 performances back in 1998, we were, we were not good offensively. I mean, and and a great lion's share of that was due to my poor performance. Finished the season at three and eight, and man, it was bad. Had a new head coach, all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I can empathize with what the kids are going through and and have gone through, and and you do reach a point where you're like, what the hell is the answer? And that's the, what I thought of as a fan yesterday, is watching the game. And they, there's, they couldn't do anything. When you go back and look, and you're watching that game, and you see how dominant Penn State was defensively, and then you see the box score where they had 36 quarterback pressures. Yeah, I looked that, that up today. That is a culmination of, of not just TJ or not just Robbie. That's horrendous offensive line play. That's awful offensive line play. It It is, you know, a little bit 
you know, it's enhanced by poor quarterback play. It's made even worse by receivers that can't get open. And then on top of that, when the offensive line does block and protect for Robbie or TJ, they're so accustomed to having to worry about and elude a rusher that should not be there that they're not they're not they don't have their eyes downfield. And so therefore they're not going to make the throw that's necessary to be made. There's just so many things that are going wrong, especially offensively, that everything seems like such a struggle. Even to get a damn first down was just, oh, like a breath of fresh air. It required TJ to do something and jump over a pile feet first and, you know, make, you know, you've got Johnson making a dig catch that's thrown behind him and he makes a sliding catch for a first down. I mean, just things that, that just aren't, don't need to be done to make a routine first down. And then, yeah, they put it 41. Penn State absolutely gashed Auburn's defense. They, they torched them. And, and unfortunately, they really exposed them in the running game. Uh, I mean, it was, it was bad. Surprisingly, yeah. But there is there is part of me that remembers back to 2012 and most importantly into 1998 that, man, there's only so much that you can ask a defense to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're going three and out consistently or you're turning the football over on sudden changes, eventually the defense – they're going to give out a gas and they're going to give up a big play. I mean, if you continue to go to the well, you're eventually going to get water. And that's to me, that's what happened in this particular ball game. Yes. There are things that Auburn's defense is not doing. They're not creating quarterback pressures. They are surely not causing turnovers. Auburn has the second to last turnover ratio in the country. Yeah. Well, that when you will, force none in three games and you commit eight, it's that is, hard to be worse. That's, that's pathetic. One, yeah. the, offense is, the offense shouldn't turn the ball over that much. And number two, an SEC defense should be causing turnovers. And, and they haven't even come close. Like, <laughs> no, no, there's, there's no, tip, there's no tipped balls. There's no dropped picks. There's no, um, I mean, the, the closest they came was the, the, uh, the, the first possession when Owen hit Clifford. Yeah. And he fumbled the ball out of bounds. But other than that, that was it. I mean, that was the closest they came to causing a fumble, an interception, or any type of turnover. I, I just that was it. There was that was as that was as close to a national championship atmosphere as I think that stadium has seen in quite some time. I mean, the 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 stadium was the the fans absolutely dominated it from the, from the word go, from the standpoint of being ready for the game, the, air, the, the excitement, the atmosphere was there. And, man, the coaching staff, most importantly the coaching staff, and the players laid an absolute egg and just did not answer the bell. And you got to give credit where credit is due. Penn State came in with an unbelievable game plan. They dominated the ball game from about, realistically, I would say from about the third series on. After that, it was never in question. And, and you eventually do. I, I would, I guarantee you, 
that at some point within the first half of football, Coach Franklin tells his defensive staff, this is what we're going to do offensively. This is what we're going to do defensively because, guys, I am telling you, they cannot score on us. They can't score. When they were up by when they were up by eight or more, Penn State was good. They were done. So they started they started playing to that point. But for some reason, yeah. Auburn couldn't stop them to get the ball. It was hard to watch, man. I mean, it was <clears throat> that that ball game. Unfortunately, I you you felt the other shoe drop, and uh and and it was it was really difficult to stomach. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw. I mean, nobody. No, I would say. I mean, I don't think anybody did. I mean, Vegas had it two to three points. You know, most people thought it was going to be a low-scoring affair. Um, nobody saw that coming. But I don't know. You think back. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking back to to when I went and watched the last practice before the first game, the open practice in Jordan Hare Stadium. Um, you know, where they went through some different stuff, some light stuff. Um, but you saw ones on ones and you saw some seven on seven work and some red zone work. And it was it was really bad. And I remember le- walking out of there going, that was terrible. And that was terrible on offense. And I told our subscribers at AuburnLive.com, I posted, I said, so I'm just going to tell you guys, like, that was that was really bad. Like, I would be worried if, you know. And um, that's exactly what happened on Saturday. That's that's what we saw. We saw that kind of production. And um, and so, like, part of me is saying, you know, if I would have thought back to what I saw then, I might not be as surprised offensively yeah. that, that I saw that. Um, if you think back, think I mean, it, it's it's hard, you know, even thinking back to things I wrote about the quarterbacks, that that aligns. At, Robbie can't throw yet. He doesn't know the playbook that well. He's not accurate. TJ is uh, was far from the only problem. He, he made some decent plays in that game, um, and, he, and he made some mistakes. He was not, um, you know, the main reason Auburn lost that game um, at all, at all. I, uh, I, I fully I, – I agree with you 100%. Yeah. He wasn't yeah, great. He we know he's not great. But, but hopefully people don't just walk away and be lazy and go, see, T- nah, T- T- there's a lot of things wrong. TJ's just kind of one of them really in right. that game. Right. Um, so I don't know. It just uh, – it was it was surprising. I do want to say though, and I and I look. I even mentioned it, and the reason I mentioned 2012 is because there's a couple of statistical um, comparisons to what happened yesterday. Um, like I think Auburn gave up about eight yards per play the last time they did that was 2012 against Manziel and A&M. Like there's some things about the game that happened. I, I don't want to comp- I don't want to make too many of those comparisons though because that 2012 team was so far gone. I mean, they got they gave up 60 to A&M, not 41. Yeah. They yeah. gave they didn't they got shut out by Georgia at home. They got shut out by Alabama on the road. Like that team was in a much different place. And so I don't want to really throw that out there too much other than it makes you think about that feeling of like like that was really bad. But I don't want to compare it in terms of putting that this team as three games in. That team, man, I'm just like that team I don't want to use the word give up, but there was not this there was not the effort in that game on top right. of schemes and everything else. Everybody had mailed that in. The one thing that's concerning about the Penn State game though that you you know you talked about the defense, um, hey, eventually they're gonna break. And I agree, you know, but Penn State only ran like sixty plays. I mean, and they gave up eight yards of play. It's not like Penn State ran ninety plays. 
and eventually right. they broke. Yeah. There was a little bit of there was a little bit of breaking of the spirit in that game. That wasn't like, well, we're just fatigued and we've been on the field so long and now we're going to give up. I mean, they started to give it up a little bit in the second quarter and then the, pretty much the whole second half. I mean, um, 60 plays, eight yards of play. And look, go back to the red zone, four rushing touchdowns in the red zone for Penn State. That, to me, is a stat that speaks volumes. Yep. When you allow a team to run the ball in for four different times in the red zone, when it should, that's the most difficult it should be to run the football, that – that's really, really not good. And you come away going, Jeff Schmetting and Eric Kiesaw in their first big opportunities as coordinators completely flopped. They completely got, they, flopped. as coordinators, both of them got skull drug. I mean, yep. it was, they got dominated. They, the play calling was awful. The, the execution was not good. Just all together was, it, it was bad. And you look at it from the standpoint, Auburn offensively, they'd get themselves down in the red zone, couldn't punch the ball across the goal line, kicking field goals. And on the on the flip side of that, you had Penn State. Once they got in the red zone, you knew what was going to happen. And at some, point, at, at some point, you do. You, you have to say it's a challenge of someone's manhood. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it wasn't as if Penn State was – throwing the ball from the 20 into the end zone. They were they were running the football down Auburn's throat, execute within the tackle, and making them lock it. I mean, it was the, – even their drives, their drives, seven and eight plays. I mean, they were not they, – they'd gash them on a – they'd gash them on a boundary toss. There were two or three big plays that they had in the running game that was very similar to the old – to the old, what I kind of call the reverse toss sweep that Florida used to run back in the day. You know, you toss it in one direction. He does a little bit of a counter cut back to the opposite tackle. They freaking, they ran that multiple times yesterday against Auburn's, against Auburn's defense. And I don't know that the kid got, has been touched yet. But it, it, it was, man, it was hard to watch. I mean, it just, you want so badly for something good to happen to these kids or for these kids. And this is the prime opportunity that it, it, everything is so pivotal at this point. And you, you just get shellacked. I mean, I, I, I'm like you, I, I had no preconceived notion of thinking or, or insisting that Auburn won the game. Just damn, just don't get embarrassed. You know, yeah, I know where I think that was going to go that way. You, no you, way. you and I, I, I remember, I remember specifically us talking after last year's Penn State game. Although it was a loss, we both exited that game with a feeling of positive belief. You know, That's they that you had something. They had a they had a chance to win. They they played well. They played hard. They went up into a hostile environment and, and they competed their tails off. That didn't that didn't happen in Jordan Hare yesterday. And and it was from top to bottom. I mean, Harson didn't have his have the kids prepared. Smetting and Keesaw got absolutely embarrassed. The, uh, Will Friend, I, I don't know what's going on with the offensive line. I mean, it is I mean, it, it, it is it is close. Unless something happens quickly, at whatever level, unless something happens quickly, 
you're going to have Auburn in a position to be the Vanderbilt of the Missouri of the SEC. I mean, it's they are they are they are in a major major crossroads as a football program, especially and and unfortunately because of the 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 well I call it a vacancy the vacancy they have at the AD position right now although they've named an interim it still is what it is we all know how that's going to work out we or we hope then on the flip side of it you've got a head coach that boy that I mean that seat it's not just hot I mean it is it is absolutely it's an inferno yeah to, to me it's like uh it's it's to me, you've, uh, he's sitting in an ejection seat, ejection seat, and uh, he doesn't get to control when it's ejected. And somebody's reaching to pull it right now. Yep. <laughs> and you're thinking, what could possibly stop that from happening at this point? Yeah. Um, it's uh, and it's sad. It's sad that you come away from a game and really it's so bad of a game that you, you're not even talking about the game. You're talking about the such a bad loss at such a bad time that really what you take away is the ramifications of the game on the program. That's the kind of loss that happened, not, Hey, where do they go this year? How do they bounce back this season? That's part of it, but it's more, what are the ramifications of a loss so bad in such, in such bad timing that you're thinking about what's now the ramifications for the program for the next two years. That is how, um, how bad Saturday went. There's literally, I could point to Anderson Carlson, you know, hit, hit two field goals. Um, Keontae Scott had a nice punt return. Yep. Um, Leota played hard. Um, landing, landing King made a great catch. Landing King had a, had a, had a good catch. used his range. I mean, it, we could pick a few more, I'm sure, but that's it. Yeah, there is, there it. is, it's as close to, a, I mean, there's, it's, it's hard to come out of a game with less positives to me. So the, um, the the disappointing thing is where I think where Auburn is at this point is you're not looking at a schedule counting wins. You know, yeah. you're not looking at a schedule saying, "Hey, dude, hey, yeah, that was a blip, man. That's a that was a that was an that was an anomaly." They, it, you know, the schedule lines up. They're about to go on a good little run, get their confidence back, get a little bit of swagger back, and their step. Dude, right now Missouri's questionable. Then you go, then you play LSU, who played extremely well last night against Mississippi State. Big win at home. They may be catching stride. So then you, you, there's there in itself looks at you maybe as a three-game skit at home to what we one would perceive as the toughest environment, one of the toughest environments in college football. Well, that's out the window, especially when you don't put it on the field. And then yeah, you go sure. to Athens. And then, I mean, it is, man, it is so, it's deflating, dude. I mean, I never thought, even, even for me, I've never thought that, that there is a possibility that winning or losing versus Missouri might determine whether you have a three-win season or a four-win season. Because really, what I would think is the only, if they played the way they played yesterday, the only, what I would call winnable ball game for the rest of the season is Western Kentucky. Man, that's And here's the thing, I don't I don't think that's any more than Missouri. Western Kentucky yeah. won nine games last year, went won a bowl game. Um they're two and one. They just they went to Indiana and lost by three in overtime. Indiana's nothing great, 
but uh, it's a Big Ten program. They go up there like at that. Th- think about at that point in the season, where is the Auburn football program in no- November 19th, sandwiched between A&M and Alabama? What are you going to get? I ha- I couldn't answer that question right now at all. So it's no. hard for me to even say what that game might look like. I, I don't and know it, where Auburn's going to be at that point. And man, and it, I I know I sound like an ass. I, I do, and I I hate to be that way because I. Having been there, I, I can empathize with you. You get as a player, you get so frustrated. The players are they they do not practice to play poorly, right? They yeah. they work their tails off, and they truly care. They love this university. They love their teammates. They love playing the game, but they just they just don't have enough dues right now, and. And yeah. they're not, either they're not being, either they're not being coached in the right way. The coaching staff is not recruiting the type of players that need to come in and can be dominant across the board in the SEC or at that level. Yeah, it, it just, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound critical of the young men. From the standpoint of saying, you know, bad things about them, but just overall, because I I know I know how hard they work, and I know that that man, if they could if they could change things, they sure as heck would. But yeah, no, we're not. Nobody's gonna bash the players. We're never gonna no. do that. But so here, we're never gonna bash players. But I also think we're entering an age of like, but with NIL and social media and the opportunities these kids get, like, I'm not going to name names. I'm not, and this isn't, again, I'm not bashing players. I'm, gonna, I'm making an observation. Okay. I'm on social media last night and there's, and, and this is fine by the way, because they're kids. Yeah. You go on last night and they're, I mean, I saw some weird videos. These dudes were like joke. I mean, I saw a couple of players jo- like joking with their buddies about getting their ass kicked. Like it didn't really bother them. Like they're on their play PlayStation like I know there's dudes, there's dudes that care, but like I, I, I'm also, I think I don't know. I'm I'm also entering a stage in college football where I think we should be allowed to be critical of the players without going overboard. Um, no, I, I and I, I, I don't. I, I mean, that's I'm, fair. Like think about the I'm way there. these guys get coached and the way you got coached. Like yeah. I guarantee you, they're getting told harsher things in that locker room than what you or I might say on this thing. Right. No, I I agree with you. I think. We are, as college football fans, or especially from an from an educated standpoint, right? I mean, you and I, you and I know what we're looking at. You know, we're not we we could be accused of being armchair quarterbacks, which is fine, but we at least come from a, a standpoint of knowing a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and a little bit of that, right? We know that it's not all T.J. Finley. We know that it's not all the offensive line or we know that it's not all the, you know, all the receivers. It's a culmination of things and it's just, it's a goat roping. But at this day and age with the young men essentially being free agents. Yeah. That's, that's the world they're in. Well, I'll, they, give, you a perfect example. I'll give you a perfect example. The, the, the interception TJ Finley threw. Yep. I don't put that on him at all. And I saw it. I tweeted when it happened. I tweeted it. One, you had a busted, you had a busted line that let a guy come around the edge. That's one. But yep. more importantly, Tavares Dawson was in the slot on the right side. Tavares Dawson 
ran across the field to the left with Finley moving right. There was nobody out there. That's why Finley's looking going, Where is, where's anybody? Where's anybody? Where's anybody? He holds it. He gets hit. He sacked. Like that's an example where we just, it's easy to blame Finley or whatever. You have a receiver that completely ran the wrong route and essentially hung his quarterback out to dry. And I don't know whose fault that is. Tavares Dawson deserves blame there. Um, past that, I don't know. But like, I think it's okay to call specific stuff out like that without being, you know, without bashing or whatever. And, and, and it's important to point out. So we don't, we're not overly critical of TJ Finley or Eric Keesaw or Brian Harson on that specific turnover because my gosh, the receiver ran the wrong route. Like yeah, there are instances right. where you can go, hey, you know, there are instances where you can say the player made a mistake. Yeah. But then there's overall, you know, schemes and, and overall game plans where you can go, yeah, but one play is one play. A half is a half. A game is a game. Right. And, and, and there are important differences, I think. And there were – all right, so you remember back there were a couple of times they, that uh, Penn State brought a corner crash. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> two, of, two of the three times, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Auburn had an open left – open tackle. They were bringing a corner crash from the boundary. Most of the time it was number three, the DB number three. They had an open tackle who should have fanned out and picked up that blitzer. One time Tank had to pick him up, which I don't think it was the intent. I think Tank just tried to make a foot, tried to be a football player. And in each of the times that he did so, bringing a blitz, he got unnecessary pressure on the quarterback. Well, is that the offensive lineman that screwed that up? Was it was it Tank just was it Tank playing outside the system? Whereas he may have been the hot route if he hadn't stayed and blocked and TJ or Robbie saw the guy coming the whole time and because Tank wasn't the release or did not release on a hot route, he didn't have an outlet and therefore the or the quarterback sitting there stranded. You know, there's a lot of questions that come into play that people need to understand that it's Everybody has to do their job in order for all 11 to move down the field. Yeah. There was one There was one instance just before Robbie Ashford threw the interception, you know, when Auburn was trying to make one final push. <clears throat> he got sacked and took a big loss. I mean, linebacker came straight up the gut. Yeah. He took um, a huge loss. Yep. The question I have, is that was that was such an egregious misread? Was it the center guard that didn't pick it up in the a gap? Was yeah. it their responsibility? And the reason that Robbie didn't pay it any attention is because he was supposed to be blocked in the first place, or did Robbie Ashford just not know what his reads were? So who 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 do you blame, and or who do you? Who do you uh, draw constructive criticism from? But I, man, the where we are now in college athletics, I agree with you 100% that while we need to be supportive and have an allegiance towards these young men and young women for doing what they're doing, they are now stepping into the realm of free agency. And if if you are going to receive money as part of your name image and likeness which in turn 
is enhanced off of your performance at that university. I mean, within reason, it's fair game, dude. Yeah. And that's just that's just it. They better they, their skin get better get thick real quick. Yeah, I saw a uh, I saw a post from T.J. Finley uh, today on Instagram, and he said basically, you know, somebody basically said people are getting real disrespectful on this app. Uh, stay right where you are when we turn this thing around. And it's like that's fine, that's fine. As a player, that's probably the attitude you should have, I guess. Hey, hey, you you should have total confidence in. Um, in in your ability but you know and i don't know what's said i don't know what's disrespectful we know we all know forever there's always comments from fans that are disrespectful social media are screaming it from the stands over into the tunnel like that's always going to happen but you know i think i think fair criticism is fair criticism um so let me ask you this um first of all in this missouri game the other scary part of this game is it's not just how bad auburn played it's that's the next game at 11 a.m. I have no clue what kind of crowd's going to be there, and I have no clue where these kids' heads are going to be at. That yeah. makes it more scary. Like, forget the fact that Auburn is having trouble executing. I don't even know where their heads are going to be at. And from a fan perspective, 11 a.m. after what you just saw, and they've already been to three straight home games. I mean, you, uh, Missouri's not going to bring you. You may, be, you, you may be looking at you may be looking. At- Kind of a UCLA attendance. Well, no, UCLA had like four people. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have like, I mean, I'm just thinking like, I don't know how low I've ever seen a game. I I I I could see 65, which which if with no Missouri fans, you know, I could see 60 to 65. You take away Missouri yeah, fans, you're already going to be under uh, under capacity, and then you take away Auburn fans, they're going to go, man, you know what? I'll come for LSU. I've been to three straight. It's 11 a.m. Let's sit this one out. Like, yep. I could see sixty thousand people, and that's still a home crowd. But I'm just telling you, from a from a player standpoint, where are you at mentally? And if you look up and go, uh, the upper decks are pretty much empty. You know, yeah. um, you know, twenty percent of the student section is not there. And I don't think it's still game four. Like it's not a total collapse. I just think, given what we saw, and given what eleven a.m. in Missouri, I just think there's a possibility for a a light crowd to affect. Well, them. And, and here and. And I guess it's me, and I, I'm a I'm a sucker for the kind of backed in the wall story, you know, backed up in the corner situation. And that was it. And that was yeah. Coach Dye. He always said, "Hey man, we're going to come out swinging, right? Hit them before they hit you," kind of scenario. Well, that's a prime opportunity yeah. for somebody on this staff to say, "Hey guys, you sucked yesterday. We we didn't perform as a coaching staff. We didn't perform as players." We disappointed a lot of people, a lot. Not only yourselves, which truly they are the ones that n- no one tries harder than they do. No one coaches harder than they do. And I respect that very much. Sure. But this is a prime opportunity to say, hey, you want to get some people back on your wagon? You go out here and you kick Missouri's ass. Whether there's yeah. 25,000 or 87,000, it does not matter. But the quickest way to get people back on on board with you is to come out here and dominate, no matter if it's a spring practice attendance. You know, put all that aside, concentrate between the white lines and do what you're supposed to do. And then that will, you know, hopefully that will that will 
generate a little bit more excitement, maybe a little bit more positivity leading into the LSU game. And who, who knows, you know, it, it, it won't prevent me from being there, you know, yeah. we're, oh, we can you make know, a but, big difference. I mean, yeah, we know that, that, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be hard, man. Any 11, any 11 o'clock game, even with, even if they would have won yesterday, 11 o'clock would be a difficult pull next week against Missouri. But now, in the with the volatility that the department is in, and and especially on the football program, it's a it's a it is an easy or it's a tough ticket to give away at this point. Um, yeah. Um, let's end with 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 a few thoughts on this, and that is about you know Brian Harson and and what happens next. Um, I wrote at AuburnLive.com. Um, I do a piece called three, two, one. It's three questions. It's uh, I'm sorry, three things I learned, two questions and one prediction. Um, in that I address the question of, Hey, what's Brian Harson's future? Like this, you know, <clears throat> and it is just really, really difficult. First of all, I do know that if, if, if things were going to go South early in the season, I was told that if things went South, whatever that means, I'm not sure the specifics on what South means could have been four and three before the bye week, whatever. The bye week was a potential opportunity to make a coaching change. If Auburn's four and three or worse, um, that, 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 that's being talked about. Now you factor in the loss up against Penn State and the way, the way you lose. You factor in what happened in the offseason. You factor in the way influential people view Brian Harson. Uh, you factor in the fact there's no athletics director. And even if Alan Green was here, he couldn't save Brian Harson. He, right. he couldn't in February. Um, then you factor in what you saw on the field. It is, as I wrote, it is next to impossible for me to imagine a scenario right now where, one, he's the head coach next year um, at minimum. And, and, you know, at two, and two would be it's, 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 it's also really hard for me to, to imagine a scenario right now where he finishes the season. I mean, I wrote on there, my one prediction was there will be different leadership with the football program next year. That's my opinion right now. There's no way he's the coach next year. And the reason I say that is you would have, for him to be the coach next year, you would have to assume that what you saw on Saturday is a complete aberration and, and everything about what you saw changes in a week. Quarterback play, offensive line play, defensive line play, second, everything changes. Schemes, game planning, everything changes. Like, that didn't even happen. And, and there's nothing, nothing in the world that tells you you should think that's going to happen. There's no evidence whatsoever. We should have paid attention to the evidence of a 24 or 20, whatever, the 24-16 win over San Jose State. Right. And we thought, well, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe a bad week of practice, maybe looking ahead, maybe a little whatever. That is is the real Auburn right now and so well, it is right, it's impossible for me right now to imagine I'm a, and I want and I want to hear that's just that's where I'm at I don't well, I don't I, there's a scenario Hoke, please Hoke I don't I don't disagree with you um and I I by the I, way give to on the victory I I like I like Brian give to on the victory. I do I mean I I oh yeah hey people please God pony up is that a good time uh, to plug it? I feel like it's a good time to plug on the video. Yeah. Hey, we listen. Help needed. Help needed. 
please help wanted, help needed, help appreciated. Yes. Top to bottom, please, God, dig dig deep. Offering the offering plate is is we'll hand, we'll pass around at Jordan Hare if we have to. Don't care. We'll take we'll take Hey, good on the victory, we'll take milk money. We'll take whatever you got, anything. That's a good idea. Um, so, I, 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 I like Brian Harson. I do. I think, I think from an X's and O's perspective, I truly think the players like him. I think that he is, he is, one over the locker room. But for some reason, there's just a there's a deficiency there when it comes to being able to win and execute in the moment in a big game. And unfortunately, he himself, and this is this is no reflection or opinion on the performance and efforts of guys like Zach Etheridge, Cadillac, Jimmy Brumbaugh, those those three guys in particular recruit their asses off i mean they they're they're good and and they make a difference they they make the difference but Hart, brian is he he's getting circles recruited around him by no billy napier about it. No by way. kirby smart by lane kiffin by nick saban by all of them he, he is it lightly. that is putting it lightly it, it is, it, it is, it is embarrassing, and unfortunately, Gus, Gus left the cupboard bare. Brian has done nothing to bridge that gap, and what we saw yesterday was the culmination of deficiencies in recruiting over the last few years. Point blank, that's just it. And I guarantee you that if you ask. People in the know, they would give you an honest answer of, of of truth in saying that there is an agreement in that. So, when you're in a position as the head coach of Auburn University, you are measured by wins and losses, right? There is a substantial cloud hanging over Auburn's football program at this point with no AD. They've got, you know, a head coach that's been under turmoil since he arrived on 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 campus. So let's let's do this. Leading into the season, there was obviously a magic number that everybody thought. Leading into the season, Hoke, do you think do you think eight wins kept Brian Harson's job? Just yes or no? Well, no, but I didn't answer. I never answered that question because I, every time I was asked that question, I said it's not that simple. I, I, and I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you, but let's 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 just say this. Let's just say it's eight wins, at minimum. If that's a part of the equation, it needed to be eight. All right. Let's just say it's eight wins. Tell tell me six wins that are left on the roster, dude. I mean, on the schedule. They. All right, Missouri. I I don't feel real good about it. LSU. I don't feel good about that one. Georgia, no. Ole Miss, no. Arkansas, no. Mississippi State and Starkville, no. And you sure as hell ain't beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I mean, nope. I, I just it. 
it's hard to it's hard to imagine right it's western kentucky lsu missouri that's three more that's you got that's uh what you're at five you're five uh, and seven you're five so now you got to find one more it's it's upsetting a and m it's upsetting arkansas at home it's upsetting ole miss it's upsetting mississippi state and again i say upset you're you're gonna be the underdog in in all those and arkansas yeah, is a lot more physical team than you are yeah a&m's defense you make fun of a&m their defense yeah. is they're good so yeah, Mississippi State, you won't score with them. They're going to score no, enough where that, that no. Auburn, it, the Auburn defense can play well and give up 27, 24. Auburn, Auburn as a Auburn as a as a program, Auburn as an athletic department, Auburn as a university. When it comes to athletics, they are at a major crossroads. One hundred percent. They need to make sure that they find an AD that is energetic a guy or a man or woman that has the energy to put on a road show like no other galvanize the people that love this university and love these athletic departments or this athletic department galvanize the power brokers so that Auburn is not moving in different directions and, and, and really have everyone pulling in the same direction. And in all honesty, and I, I would say this to anyone that, Anybody, anybody that is a candidate for the athletic director position at Auburn at this point, and if they bring their resume to the table and it has prior athletic department experience, in my humble opinion, because the game is so different today, it is irrelevant. Hmm. Athletic departments and running a program top to bottom, Football, basketball, baseball, gymnastics, equestrian, everything, softball, swimming, whatever. It is so different even from two years ago that any prior experience that you have that you would really beat your chest over that is over two years old, in my opinion, in an interview scenario, is totally irrelevant. What, what relevance do you ha- does that have to today's athletics? None whatsoever. Yeah. So it, it has changed so much. So you, you, it is going to take an energized individual that has the ability to galvanize an entire fan base and also has the, the confidence in themselves and also, most importantly, has the self-awareness or selflessness to make sure that they surround themselves with people that are a hell of a lot smarter than they are. Because ultimately, yeah. it can't be about you. It's yeah. got to be about it's got to be about the program. What what can you and your team do in order to build up the program to get it to where it needs to be? That needs to be the mission. And then you better go find a coach that will that will absolutely bring their A game and make a giant splash. Who that is? Is it Urban Meyer? Is it Deion Sanders? Is it Hugh Freeze? But Ben, you know dang well there's not a chance the people that have a say around Auburn are going to hire Deion Sanders. Like I think that'd be, I think it's cool to talk about, but like it, it's a great conversation. But you, but here, I'm not again. I, mean, I think it'd be interesting. But you know, you know, you know, I, there you would know be that. a ton of pushback. There would be, but I'm telling you right now. If, but isn't that if kind of the problem? Shouldn't there be like a? Shouldn't he? Shouldn't he actually be a legitimate name? Hundred percent. 
hundred percent. Talk about you, right? talking about Auburn. To me, he'd be a legitimate name that any program Power Five yes. should talk about. But if, Auburn would consider him. If you, if if Auburn is in the position of looking for a head coach without an AD, then yes, I agree with you in the sense that that Dion, unfortunately, would not be someone that would be on that that candidate roster. But if you make the right hire with regards to an AD, the someone that has enough confidence in what they are doing and has the ability to to establish some common ground amongst the power brokers, that while they may not agree, you know, they may not they may not be a hun- that may not be their guy that they'll support it. It's kind of like being it's kind of like president of the United States, you may not like the guy in office, but you respect the office, right? Mm-hmm. You you want to talk about a shot in the arm with recruiting? You go hire Deion Sanders, you will, that year, you will sign more five stars than, ever, than has ever set foot on Auburn's campus in its history. Probably right. There's no doubt. Now, what they do when they get here, that's up to the coaches. Yeah, it's but yeah. There will be a monstrous bridge of the talent gap when it comes to the ability to recruit. I you know, Urban Meyer's another one. I mean, he he is what he is, but the things that he was doing, the things that people might question about Dion, the things that that you know, Hugh Freeze is a little bit different. I think he has kind of reincarnated himself, obviously, with a lot of success at Liberty. But he did have a little run-in lately, though. He had another little misstep. He did. He did. He so did. I, defending, I just, defending man, the wrong I just don't know. I think that you know all of the all of the the past indiscretions that someone might believe about you know what they did from an NCAA perspective and things like that. That's 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 out the window now. I mean, it is you, you you it's the wild west. There's no bar set. You can you can do what do what's necessary to be done to win football games, win basketball games, win baseball games, whatever it is. Pearl was no saint before he arrived just, at Auburn. Just do it. He made right? mistakes. He's loved. Bruce Pearl had so trouble with the NBA I, and I at this point there's at this point, I will see this, and I and I, I mean, and I'm 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 adamant about this. I truly feel that at this point, the hire of the athletic director is more important than the hire of the head coach at this point, because if you fire if you hire the right AD, they will find the the head coach, yeah. not 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 just some up and comer that nobody's going to know who the hell they are. That right AD is going to bring together everybody that will support, won't support, however it works, and then go get that guy, and it'll be a it'll be a game changer. I could get on board with that. I mean, I, uh, in in what you're what you're thinking, and in, in the alignment of Chris Roberts, the new president, with the AD, with the football coach. Uh, Roberts and, and Bruce and Bush, I think all that's good. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the right AD there, you're probably right. I mean, having proper alignment between Roberts, who I've heard nothing but great things about, 
Yep. Um, and not just the job he's doing, but the kind of person he is, and, and he's not going to be walked over, and he's going to make his right. own decisions. And um, and, and, and yeah, I, I and, and I, I, respect, I, I respect the heck out of that. And I'm like you, I have heard nothing but rave reviews and glowing, you know, uh, discussions about Chris Roberts and his his ability to execute and kind of the vision that he has and and the leadership that he that he brings to the table. It it is it is moving in the right direction, but this these are these are some pivotal legacy hires here. I mean, these are these are what yeah. stamp your name on 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 your legacy as the leader of a particular university, and and these are these are obviously two big ones. Yeah, and we talked about it. We talked about it at times before the season of how massive this season was. Not just because where Auburn's at. But look at the landscape of the SEC. Like, literally, it could not be worse timing for Auburn right now because Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. I mean, LSU, you can say what you want. Brian Kelly has been a fantastic coach. Like, yeah. Tennessee, every one of these programs in the middle is going – Is there's something. Either it's recruiting or NIL success or some big wins or there's something trending in the right direction that makes you think there's, there's, there's opportunity. Auburn and even South Carolina, who I I think some of this stuff's hype, but South Carolina, Shane Beamer's done some good things in recruiting, and but they got destroyed by Georgia, like so I wouldn't put them in the same boat as some of those others. Yeah. Auburn yeah. is one of the few. Auburn is one of the few programs in the league right now that is trending in the wrong direction, and there's only a couple, and Auburn's one of them, and it makes just this time, like you said, insanely critical. If if Kentucky was still floundering. And Mississippi State and Ole Miss were still you just eh. It's not as critical, but they're not. They're, yeah, there's there's right. good coaches happening at, at these places. There's good coaches. There's good things happening at these places. And man, with NIL, uh, the game changes quickly. Transfer portal, the game changes. It's not. This is not in the '90s. Like it's not like well, we're it's Auburn. Auburn will get back on top. Yes, Auburn has great resources. They're about to have a hundred million dollar football facility tradition. Auburn does have things that that can get them back above the, but though there's some things with NIL and transfer portal that that make it easier for those teams, Tennessee's and Kentucky's and Arkansas's and Ole Miss, and Mississippi State, to stay on your level yeah. or close well, to it, your level. And it, and it's, it just and, takes a little slip and you're below them, not a lot, just a boom, one year, one bad year, six and seven, boom, you're behind them. And and here and dude, when used to be, it used to be a facilities arms race, right? It, you, that's that's basically what it was. Whoever had the better facilities usually was going to attract the more talented players on a on a consistent basis. the The arms race at this point, it's it's how much attention you can pay to these young men while they're getting recruited, and what do you bring to the table about putting them in a position to play at the next level? And obviously, let's call a spade a spade. What do you what what can you do for them? With regards to NIL, that's it. NIL and pros, yeah. Right now, that's that's and, your arm. Yeah. And, and and that's it, man. That's the thing. And you know, when I when I I said this last night to some really close friends of mine that Auburn Auburn is in a in a from a football standpoint, Auburn is in a unbelievable position with everything dealing with the program off the field 
you got a brand new football facility. You've got, you know, you've got some of the most passionate, endearing fans that there are in sports. You have a tremendous amount of, of new support when it comes to NIL. All of these things are moving in the right direction. The, the biggest problem, though, is you don't have the Jimmies and Joes. Yeah. And that's blamed on recruiting. That's recruiting, 100%. And that starts in, the, that, starts in, that, in that building. And so if you don't have the Jimmies and Joes, the $100 million facility doesn't mean a darn thing. So it's just, but you're right, man. Every other program, with the exception of maybe a Vandy, is on an upward trend. And except Auburn, and they're stagnant at best, at best. But they're going, they are getting passed by, and and it's yeah. it's tough to watch, man. It is so tough to watch. Which is probably another. It's just one more reason, honestly, that there's just barring an absolute miracle at this point. I mean, and honestly, and I'm not overstating it. That's why there's a change is, is gonna is gonna happen. You you can't you can't do even if you try to talk yourself into well like hold on wait a minute and look I'm I'm a big believer in like three years, but um, the people in charge at Auburn they're not they're not subscribing to that so it kind of doesn't matter if I think there should be three years. The reality is the people that that have pull and influence up there don't subscribe to that so it doesn't really matter yeah. if I think three years is good or not. But I, I heard a stat recently that. Most coaches that have been successful last 20 years or whatever, in one of those first two seasons, they did something. You know, I don't know. I can't remember if it was won their division or won a bowl or something. But it was it was basically saying, hey, you'll see signs in the first two years. Yeah, that's right. It's not two terrible years and then year three. Like the last 20 years, it's been, hey, by year two, you're seeing something. Yeah. So so the original question, I guess, go back to this just so I'm clear with you and before we get out of here. Is there anything – any situation where where this thing turns around? No. No. I I I don't see it. Hope I just don't. There, the, you you said it. There's a, a turnaround would go so a turnaround would be required for us to have seen multiple miracles take place for the remainder of the season. And I, I just, I, I just don't see it happening, man. I, I do and not even, see let's it. Just, let's be conservative. Like, let's just say, let's set a bar. What would get Auburn to six wins? Like, that's what we're talking about. What would get Auburn to even six, maybe seven wins? Because I don't think that saves his job, and, and that I don't. I'm not even sure. Like we're not talking about, you know, like I don't even know if they could do that. Even if they turned around marginally, that's not going to cut it for for Brian Harson. The kind of turnaround we're talking about would have to happen right now. Yeah. Would have to be unlike anything. I mean, I don't know that I've seen. I mean, I get you know. You could go and back to 13 and that, that Auburn team that lost by two touchdowns in Baton Rouge and then never lost again and, and should have won the national championship. That's a, that was a pretty remarkable – I mean, I don't think anybody that was sitting there in Baton Rouge is going, this team's going to Pasadena. But it's still not even comparable because that team's – that's a top 25 loss on the road. You scored three touchdowns. It's not even comparable. But 
I couldn't compare the kind of turnaround within the season that we would have to see. Yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever seen it. I don't know what I could point well, to. And and like you, and I and I know I speak for you. I I hope I hope next week's Missouri game or on Sunday when we're talking post game about Missouri that we're like, damn, I didn't see that coming. And it and it yeah. might it might give us give us a little bit of silver lining to the cloud. But I, sure. I, I, I'm probably, I'm probably too too honest to a fault, or I try to respectively call a spade a spade. You know? Yeah, that's the only way to do it. And man, I just, I, I just don't see, I just don't see the zebra changing its stripes, and it, and it is what it is, man. I mean, you, then you get into the question of when do you, when do you do it? At what point does this take place? And you, you hate it for guys like guys like Derek, guys like Colby, you know, yep. dudes that you know they give everything they have, man. I mean, the yeah. eco, the these dudes have sold out not only for Brian Harson but for Auburn, John Samuel Shanker. I, I, I just, I hate it. I do. I hate it for those kids. They. They are they are through and through. Just they're the heart of this football team, and I, I hate for them that they're in the midst of what could boil down to be a just a just an unfortunate meltdown for the football program, you know, and, and a true true rebuilding situation. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a tough week. It's there's no doubt it's a tough week for Auburn football, um, and and you know that's why you got to talk about it. And yeah, this episode was was really negative, but if you were if you watched what happened Saturday, there's no avoiding it. It is where Auburn is right now. It was a bad performance. Um, it was you know turnovers. It was penalties. It was bad game plan. It was bad execution. Uh, none of it was good. Um, and uh, and given where Auburn football is and the health of it. The ramifications are big, and and so now we're talking about, you know, things to come. Arizona State, and here's the thing: like Nebraska already fired Scott Frost. Arizona yep. State fired Herm Edwards on Sunday. Well, Brian Harson's name is going to be mentioned with Arizona State. So, um, you know, I think people behind the scenes might be like, "Hey, hope he gets the job." Um, but it's just, you know, that's that's where they're at, and it's yeah. perfectly fine, I think, to talk about, "Hey, do we see it turning around?" and a, it's hard to point to anything positive and doesn't mean that you're not hoping the players do well. And, and it could, you know, again, the Missouri, they could, let's say they come out and look great against Missouri. Sorry. Um, still there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, it's Missouri. So that's, like, we still right. don't really know anything till LSU again, yeah. even if they beat Missouri, we won't know how you know we won't really know where this team's at again until until LSU and we'll we'll know against Missouri if it goes badly we'll we'll know but if they win it could be like San Jose State we could be like well they won let's but we're gonna have to wait another week really to see if any progress has been made and and here's the thing this is you're you're exactly right it's it's still Missouri you know it, it it is still Missouri and and you know you 
they beat Missouri, they 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 beat LSU, then somebody might come back and say, "Hi, you bunch of idiots! You guys said all this stuff a couple of weeks ago." You know, on the on the You're podcast. Not- there's well, nothing right now. There's no credible evidence none. to say well, Auburn is going to win eight games at this stage. Right. There's and not, other than a blind belief that that I, I don't know. Like all of a sudden, execution is happening at this high level. I mean, you're you're a super fan, and you're way too you know you you look at things through orange and blue glasses. But I will I will say this, Justin, you and I. And I know I am. I'm not saying anything that I would be uncomfortable saying to anybody on that staff. No. I told a player, I talked to a player after the game last night. I'm not going to say who. I talked to a player, and I pretty much said, I was like, yeah, man. I was like, that wasn't pretty. I was like, I, was like, I don't understand, like, what's going on. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a rough couple of weeks, man. Like, straight up. Not like, hey, man, you'll, you'll get him next time. I was like, Dad, what the hell happened? I know what was that? So, and they were like, "Yeah, I don't." That was bad. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's not good, man. It's not good. It's it's tough to watch. I hate it for the kids. And, you know, you, I hate it for the I hate it for the guys on the staff. But it is a this is a this is a very tumultuous time right now for Auburn football, and it is they're at a major crossroads, and there are some people in the positions that they are in that it's time to fish or cut bait and yeah. it's some some big things have to happen in order for Auburn not to take a major turn into the seller of the SEC and I have my opinions and I have my beliefs on what what I think could happen should happen who candidates should be and shouldn't be and those kind of things but that's worth a that's worth a quarter and it'll get you a cup of coffee at, at best. Well that's why we have you on the show. I care about your opinion. That's I right. I want to Ben Laird says Deion Sanders. Hey, I hey, let me tell you, I would I would support him. I know that much. There's some there's some candidates out there. I look, I mean, given what's going on right now, uh there there's some people out there that could get that could that could that could turn it around, I think. Um, but you're, you're right. AD's got to happen first. And man, it'd be nice to have a nice little president, AD, synergy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be nice to have. Um, Bruce Butch getting along. Those programs are going good. Boy, you make the right hire at football and and the three main revenue sports. Maybe um, we're sitting here talking about this a year from now. It could look very very different. Yeah, no they doubt. Really they really can. When I mean Tennessee hired Josh Heupel, they I mean that that was like oh boy. Who can we yeah. hire to take this mess? Josh Heupel. Well, gosh, I mean, I didn't expect them to be where they are right now. I know it. Um, so you never know, man. The right, but they have an AD who hired him at South Central Florida. So you have a complete synergy between AD and Heupel there, um, and it's working. Yeah. So it, it, every everything is everything typically is one hire away. Yeah. And and it's it's just making. It's just making the right choice, and and you're right. You 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 can see the people that know based on whomever that hire is. They will show you signs. You you can see you can see this potential success, which will gives you the reason for stay power. 
gives you the reason for for undying support. If they don't show you anything in two years, you you got to cut your losses and, and yeah. figure out another option. And that's the thing Harson had going for him. I mean, look, you could say, well, gosh, man, if they could just figure out a way to close the game, right? Like they 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 blew a lead at Mississippi State and they blew a lead to Alabama and they just barely lost to South Carolina and they just barely lost to Penn State. Um, and you're like, yeah, not not after Saturday. After Saturday, whatever whatever kind of in the bank Harson had of like, you know what, he was treated poorly in February, which he was. Um, yeah. Saturday, that changes things. Now you're going, yeah. hey, I don't. I don't have to talk about salacious rumors. I don't. I don't have to make that stuff up. I don't, like that was terrible. So yeah. now you're, Harson, Harson does that a, a few more times, and he, he's here's he's giving them the ammunition, and they don't have to feel like bad guys anymore because you're right. putting the product on the field. So the dynamics changing if that keeps going. Yeah, so. no doubt, no doubt. All right, man. Well, let's get out of here. Appreciate you joining us. Um, Everybody check out AuburnLive.com. Subscribe. There's going to be a lot going on the next couple of weeks for sure. Um, and hopefully we're back next week talking about a win. That would be nice. These players get some good vibes. I can't imagine working as hard as they do. Three games into the season, that happens. And, uh, and now you're fighting. The rest of the season could just be a massive fight uphill. Um, it could be a really long season. So hopefully these guys get back on the right track. Next week, Missouri, 11 a.m., I think Auburn's nine and a half point favorites, which should tell you something about Missouri um, at this current stage. So we'll see if uh, Auburn can get some things figured out. Appreciate everybody joining us. AuburnLive.com, the Auburn Live show, Monday morning quarterback. We'll see you next time.